Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the Dairy State. As always, we are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Ross Sorry. Today we are talking about the oleomargarine wars against the dairy industry that occurred in the state of Wisconsin. We also have Wisconsin music from the Yellow-Bellied Sapsuckers. We have a beer review, the infamous How Many Locos You At segment, and another special interview with Grumpy Troll. Just a reminder to rate, review, comment, and subscribe via your favorite way to listen. Whether that's a podcast, audio stream, or YouTube, any little bit helps us gain uh, the exposure to our uh, little show that we do here. Without further ado, here is our episode and story on the Oleo Wars, Wisconsin's battle against margarine. So a little backstory on uh, how margarine was started. Um, in 1813, a French chemist named Michael Eugene Chevrel discovered margaric acid. The, the word comes from the Greek word meaning pearl, o- pearl oyster or, or pearl. And when a French chemist named Hippolyte, using the acids, created a cheaper substitute for butter, originally created for the armed forces in France's lower, lower class, as Emperor Napoleon III of France offered up a reward to anyone who could create a, better, a butter alternative. He dubbed this oleomargarine, which eventually would be shortened to just margarine, which is what we know it as today. Yeah, exactly. Can't believe it's not butter. Made with beef fat and margaric acid, this did not sit well for Wisconsin, the dairy state, and we weren't having any of this fake butter bullshit. (laughs) Even Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't convince us. I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah, the governator. Yeah, he couldn't even convince the Wisconsinites that this is cool. It's not cool, bro. Thus starting what is commonly known as the Alio Wars. So to make margarine more appealing to people, yellow dye started to be added to the margarine to make it look more like butter and appear more like the thing we spread on our toast every day. Or our bodies. Yeah, if, I mean, if you're into that, I, I, why not? <laughs> Rub some of that margarine on your, on your nips. Exactly. No one's, no one's judging here. However, the dairy industry in Wisconsin was not happy one bit and thought it was a major concern that could hurt the major dairy industry. And margarine does taste a lot like butter, as well as having a much longer shelf life, and also many people saw it as being much healthier than butter. Right. So in 1881, the first law was was produced requiring margarine to be properly labeled as such, and a state law passed requiring hotels and restaurants to tell their customers if they're getting margarine and not butter. Like you can't, and even to this day, you can't. It, it's illegal for them to They have serve to serve you margarine. butter unless you ask for margarine. Right. It's pretty nuts. In 1895, there were moves to create legisla- legislation to try to ban the manufacturing, use, and prohibition of the coloring of margarine to appear more like butter. Thus, one of the reasons the color was a big issue. It, uh, it, if it appeared as lard or off-white and not spreadable butter, people would be completely turned off. Because, I mean, who wants a pearly substance on your toast? No. and that's, it's, It looks more like lard. That's the thing. Is it like it just, uh, 
you have to sort of dress it up a bit in order to make it even presentable. Uh, because although the taste might be, uh, you know, similarly, you know, of that of butter or, you know, whatever, it may mimic well. But if it looks disgusting, we know people will not do it. Agreed. Just it, ask Richard Nixon in the election, his first election. Uh, yeah, exactly. The first televised, you know, debates and stuff. And everybody was like, that guy's ugly and sweaty. <laughs> So Nobody gov- wants that. So Governor Horde, who was the governor at the time, was a huge name that stood behind the dairy industry here in Wisconsin, helping to get this law in place. More bills would be voted in, including limiting margarine being shipped from state to state, increasing the tax on it. A propaganda smear campaign with Horde's assistance was also started, which talked about the ingredients being beef fat as well as acids instead of coming from the more natural source, the cow, not an artificial man-made source. Right. And, you know, if you go to our social media, we're going to post some of these old articles and stuff, and actually some of the magazine articles where they tried fighting yeah, this. So. exactly. In 1910, a Janesville man was caught selling and, and distributing olio and calling it butter, and he was actually sentenced to 18 months in jail for selling margarine. He should have gotten life. For sure. That's a Wisconsin no-no. <laughs> Smuggling of margarine across state lines occurred often, and it was much cheaper than butter. And to avoid the state tax as well, uh, places like Minnesota and Illinois were used as locations to purchase illegal oleo. You could get caught and fined as a smuggler at the time, so as it was seen as a serious crime in our state. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so, they, were, they were taking no shit for this. For sure. And so to get around this, people would use a pink dye to the uncolored oleo oh. uh, to disguise a margarine so it didn't appear to be illegal and they w- they couldn't tax and it looked more like the untaxed version. Gotcha. Yeah, so a lot of people did this and it was a common practice. There was there were there was a story about a man who he was a young guy at the time but his mom and all the neighborhood would all get together and see who's going to make the oleo margarine run to other states, Minnesota or Illinois. That's insane. And they to would, me. they would get boxes and boxes and bring it back and they would split it and to not get caught they would dye it. What a bunch of shit. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's insane. So in 1931, around 5,000 farmers marched to the state capitol to block this underground smuggling ring that was occurring throughout the state. And one of the notable events that occurred in 1965 was when one of the loudest foes against margarine, State Senator Gordon Rosalep, agreed to a blind taste test of butter and oleo. He failed the test and actually was later revealed that his wife had been feeding him colored alio while telling him it was actual butter. He probably just had COVID and he couldn't taste. May, in 1965. Maybe. Hey. Fuck COVID, man. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. We got, <laughs> a, we got a special for you coming up here. Yeah. So um, other senators were involved and 21 of them had sided with margarine as the winner as being the taste they preferred. So, responding to consumer preferences, the federal government repealed tax on margarine in 1950, but not Wisconsin, which continued its ban on colored margarine as the dairy industry was central to the state's economy. Pro-margarine advocates pointed out the law was completely wrong and not enforceable after surrounding states had lightened up their restrictions. It was not until legislature in 1967, with some caveats, to finally lift the ban from existence. Some of the things that are still in play, however, including restaurants are forbidden to serve margarine instead of butter unless a customer is specifically requested. Efforts appeal, uh, to appeal this law in Wisconsin in 2011 actually failed. They, they could not pass this. Right. So I, I remember this, that uh, they, in 2011 they were trying to uh, uh, repeal the, the entire uh, restaurant thing, uh, and it completely backfired. I think that they were, they were uh, thinking that you know, the, the health movement of you know 2011 and, and around that time would really play in their favor. But again, I mean, 
the dairy uh, industry in, in in our state is so prevalent and and it's it I, literally I carries most of you know our our big income you know so to 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 be able to take that away and then and remember this is like the one thing that that remains out of all this is that i know right just the ability for restaurants to you know or the inability rather for restaurants to serve you margarine as the first you know product you yeah. have to request and it. you can go to the store now and pick up yellow margarine oh yeah absolutely. it's all over I, you know in the so i want to just state the penalty so if a restaurant does serve you margarine instead of butter the penalty for someone to do this is 500 dollars fine and three months in prison. We're talking prison time yeah. for serving you margarine, which thus ended the long battle of the uh, Alio margarine war. But it's there's still little battles that are still occurring to this day. Right. I think until they until they have the full availability to serve you margarine uh, at any given time, uh, we'll probably still see these things happen. I agree. And so, Eric, uh, what are your thoughts? Are you more of a margarine or a butter guy? Have you seen my body? I am a butter guy too. I am a straight up butter guy. If, if you're gonna have brats, you got to put butter in them. Well, that's see, that's my thing. Is uh, I've I've stated this on a number of uh, episodes so far, uh, specifically about the 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 brat thing. And obviously, we don't boil the brats in beer to cook them and then throw them on the grill. We do it properly. We grill. We, we give them boil. a bath exactly. For we sure. give them a bath afterward for flavor. Uh, and one of the major things that I've learned from my dad was half a stick of butter in with the beer and chop up some, some, you know, thinly sliced, but long pieces of onion and let it bathe in that. And then you're able to then serve that as almost like a, a sauce on the bun too. So it definitely, it adds so much more flavor. Margarine, I just don't. I, I never got it. into it. Exactly. I just don't get the flavor. So for you, is there a special brand you recommend checking out for uh, butter? We use specifically here in our house, uh, the Lando Lakes, uh, okay. but it's the easy spreadable tub okay. of butter. Um, so again, we're not a tub of margarine. Right. Exactly. We do have the sticks as well here, okay. but in, in terms of putting it on uh, bagels, uh, toast, uh, muffins or something like that. We use the the easy spreadable tub, okay, um, and I believe it might have a um, a little bit of oil in it as well, just to kind of fluff it. Exactly, that's all they're doing with that's it. That's all they're doing. So for me, if if you get a chance to check it out, um, if you go to Wyoiga, Wisconsin, there's oh, sure. the Wyoiga factory or Wyoiga Farms, I believe. It I is. eat their cheese. Yeah, their their smoked string cheese is bomb, yep. but their butter is phenomenal. And just in case, uh, in case you're not up that direction, uh, I believe it's. A Woodman's. Woodman's is, does carry Wyoiga. Woodman's has Wyoiga. You should definitely check that out. It's one of my favorites and one I use for like recipes and stuff. It just the salted and unsalted. If you're making baking cookies and stuff like that, they're both phenomenal. Absolutely. They're like they're they're like a nice butterfat content. Yep. They have a nice saltiness for your brats. Like oh yep. man, it's it's such a great butter, but. Yeah, that's going to conclude our main segment for today on the uh, war against alio margarine and uh, on to the music segment. And on to our Wisconsin music segment, as Russ sta st stated, uh, we have Yellow Bellied Sap Suckers. Uh, they are a phenomenal uh, uh, bluegrass, uh, that, that same kind of folk bluegrass feel. Yeah, they got um, a little country twang. Country I, twang. I love it. They're amazing. I um, mean, for for us, we've been lucky with the bluegrass bands. We've had some of the top notch. We have a lot of great ones coming up, too. If you haven't yeah. been to our uh, social media where we posted some of the bands coming up, definitely go and check that out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, this is one of those ones that 
I would stay tuned to uh, their their social medias and uh, find out when they're going to be touring again. Um, this is early in 2021, so we know winter dates are probably hard to come by. But as soon as we get back to maybe the festival season and stuff, um, state fairs and, and that kind of thing, um, we might be seeing them tour a little bit more, which is great. I've seen them do a couple of uh, Facebook Live or YouTube Live, whatever cool. those ones are. Uh, I've seen them do that a couple times during this uh uh, the early parts of COVID and stuff. But um, the song is You Don't Exist. Uh, again, the band is Yellow-Bellied Sapsuckers. Uh, absolutely phenomenal music. Uh, uh, just remember to go check them out. You ask me how I know I won't see you again. You want to know how I can be so sure. Well, let me tell it to you so you'll understand. You'll be dead to me when you walk out that door. Break my heart if you don't exist. Because a man who never was never can be missed. Your sweet words are unspoken and your kisses are unkissed. Cause darling, you can't break my heart if you don't exist. Well, I I don't have to wish that you were never born Don't have to curse the ground you walk upon I can't forgive you if there's nothing to forget And I can't call out a name I've never known You said that she meant nothing You said you could explain But to me you're just some old John Doe Who's found himself a gene Break my heart if you don't exist because a man who never was never can be missed. Your sweet words are unspoken and your kisses are unkissed. Cause darling, you can't break my heart if you don't exist.
what are you feeling that? That was amazing. It reminds me of uh, Andrew's Sisters a little bit, yeah. a little Les Paul. The I Les love Paul and it. Mary it Ford. was a super good song. The thing is, is that Russ kind of went into that. It went into that one blind, uh, blindly. I had told him the, uh, of the yellow-bellied sapsuckers, uh, of that kind of country folky twang, and um, he he uh, as as the song played out, he was just like he, he looked at me with the with a uh, uh, the shock, especially when the uh, um, the the kind of right into that first verse but there's that like point where it almost sounds like the vocals double it's like overdubbed it oh is. it's so good it sounds it is. amazing yeah. that was awesome i'm really glad we had them on the yellow show. bellied sab suckers They're super are so good, good. So. um absolutely remember to check them out uh their social medias youtubes uh all that stuff they are on uh, spotify as well for everybody who has that um absolutely fantastic now on to a, another beer review so today we're drinking a Ale Asylum beer. Um, it's, you know, everyone was telling me uh, it's a little gimmicky, but it's a fuck COVID beer, which, uh, I mean, who can't agree with that? It's a hazy pale ale, uh, 5%. Super great. It's not gimmicky. It's a well-crafted beer from Ale Asylum in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, the can, like they make it look like FVCK, you know, but yeah. it, we know what they're going for here. We, we get you guys. Wink, wink. We got it. Yeah, it's cool because the, the V of COVID... It's uh so fuck is on the top, COVID's on the bottom, so they're stacked uh stacked uh um uh letters, but then the the V of COVID comes up to be the U of fuck. Right, exactly, and it's like a really cool. It's a black and lime green. Oh yeah, dude. it's a really cool like standout black, white, can. And lime. It's cool, and we and Eric have been to Alice Island, which is one of our favorite places to go. We love that. I place. remember when we went there and had uh, uh when we were doing the uh the tap room. Uh, you, myself, and uh, uh, Mike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For your, sure. Your that was fun, man. The Mike tour King. and stuff. What a great place. Yeah. Honestly, just a, a really cool. Uh, um, did I uh, did I buy a hat there, or was that Carbon Four that I bought a hat at? I think you bought a hat at uh, Alisile. Yeah. Actually, so such which, a cool. Did we go there with Mike? Yeah, we did. Yep, we went on the tour there. And they then had, and, uh, they were just getting Katie the canning line. Too. Yeah, they, they just got just, the canning line. They just and, opened uh, the canning. I remember. Um, they have a really nice area to eat too, which is cool. They used to be in the old Carbon Four, but moved to their new facility, which That's is right by getting, the airport. Yep, yep. and uh, yeah, it's just a really cool place to check out. Um, this beer is really good, though. You know, it's it's a hazy uh, pale ale. You're definitely getting that pale ale um, hop flavor. At least I am. Yep. Um, it's juicy, really drinkable. Um, I I love it. Um, I love this. I love the fuck COVID thing. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm so sick of this. I'm sick of masks. I'm sick of this whole deal. This beer like drowns yeah. my sorrows. It's just great. I think, I think the biggest thing that I am missing right now is being able to um, go to concerts um, oh, I agree. in more of the traditional sense. Uh, my wife and I went with uh, Zach Mogensen um, a, a few months back now to... Um, uh, one of the drive-in shows. Those are cool. That's kind of nice that they're being. I thought created, that that was you know? neat. Yeah, um, yeah, and it was it was uh, um, done for a riot fest thing. It was a riot fest production for Halloween. Uh, they had newfound glory. And, oh wow! Uh, cool. Anybody who knows myself, uh, I love the pop punk stuff, especially from that late '90s, early 2000s. Uh, and newfound glory has been one of my favorite bands for uh, a million years, it seems now, and. Uh, the the drive-in shows were really unique, uh, really really safe, uh, totally socially distanced. Uh, the beer lines were set up so that way you were you know spaced apart. 
Um, everybody behind the scenes was wearing gloves, masks, the whole nine, using uh, sanitizer cool. whenever necessary and everything. Um, and this beer would have gone perfectly at oh, that for show. Sure. Um, you know, it's funny because when me and uh, Rachel, we were up in Wausau area and uh, Sturgeon texted me late one night. He's like, did you know Horseshoes and Hand Grenades and Charlie Parr are having a drive-in? Yeah. I'm like, no way, dude. I thought you guys were going to be able to go to I that. was trying. It was sold out because yeah. it was like just such a huge show. And uh, we were yeah. like heading up to Rhinelander. And I was like, oh, my God, it would have been so cool to see those guys while we were yep. up there. But, yeah, this beer would have gone great there, too. I mean, just it's a staple, man. Like, and nobody it, wants COVID. <clears throat> we we hate it. Like, this was like the best beer to drown your sorrows and, and it hate it. It tastes you know? so good. It's tasty. Again, it's a, that perfect mouthfeel. Um, at no point are you, like, overly – uh, bittered out. It's uh, it's so good. Yeah, it has definitely juicy. But if you guys get a chance, please check these guys out. It's the Ale Asylum Fuck COVID Hazy Pale Ale 2.0. Great beer. You're gonna see the can. It stands out. Snag it from your local liquor store. Check it out. Let us know what you think. And now for another. How many locals you at? Yeah. So uh, this one, this one's pretty nuts. I, I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, it's another crazy case of uh, two DUIs in one night. So in Sturdivant, Wisconsin, police deal with drunk drivers all the time, but this case was a twist. Um, officers in Racine County, Wisconsin, say they arrested a 25-year-old driver Saturday in Sturdivant driving westbound on Durand Avenue, swerving into oncoming lanes of traffic. That's never good. Nope. Later that night, police say 15 minutes after the driver was released from jail into the care of a sober driver, he got another DUI violation. Police say they found him inside the car, warming up a pizza on the dashboard how i don't know oh okay maybe it was uh maybe uh, the pizza was like uh um it was already made maybe just warming it up he's trying to warm it up on the but because he had the keys in the car two DUIs. even even if you have the keys on you agreed so the pizza was situated over the heat vents police tested him and say he failed an alcohol test so they re-arrested him probably before he had a chance to even eat his pizza Police, police say the man would have already won DUI on his record. These are his second and third arrests. So we got a lot to break down here, Eric. We got a 25-year-old driver, Sturdivant. Um, he was released on signature released bond. 15 into, minutes later, he yep. decides he's going to make some uh, pizza with the key in the ignition. So this guy is locoed out. Let's let's be honest here. Um, this guy definitely has some uh, some tolerance. Yeah, I would I would like to say you know he was released He's on a signature guy, bond. Twenty five, younger guy. Yeah, exactly. So released on signature bond uh, to a sober, uh, responsible person, and then he decides the the fir- well first of all the fuck the, it, I need some pizza, dude. Well, I just wonder, you know, so generally the the vehicle that you um, that you get pulled over in either gets towed or if it's in a safe enough area, they can just leave it there. Uh, roadside until you're able to pick it up. Yeah. Well, yeah. the problem is here the the sober responsible person uh, should also be uh, in trouble here too because they clearly brought them back to their car. I agree. Not yeah, just like sure. brought them home. I mean, you need to be responsible enough to say this person doesn't need to be going back to their vehicle. Yeah. Let them sleep on your couch. Let them sleep at your house. Take them back to their house, but don't bring them back to the scene of the f- fucking crime. Right, so now, um, so now this guy's two DUIs one night cooking pizza. Twenty five years old. Well, and now you not go a good from, choice. Now you go from your first being potentially just a uh, a fine, uh, no jail time, and then you go to your second, which is absolute mandatory jail time. Uh, whether that's one month, two months, three months, something like that. Um, 
likely with some sort of uh, uh, um, work release or something, Huber. Uh, but the, the point being, uh, you know, this person's stupid enough to drink and drive the first time and then stupid enough to have their, their, their sober driver drop them off at their vehicle to then be sitting there warming up pizza and stuff. <laughs> the cops are going to walk up to your car if it's sitting there running right. wherever you are. That's and probably how they caught him because the they're, they're going to check and probably flag the car so somebody could come pick it up, and he's probably sitting in there cooking pizza. Yeah, so stupid. Yeah, so and this I mean, was not a good choice on this guy's part. I mean, yeah, you're hungry. You need to absorb some of that alcohol, but why have your car on? Just eat the cold I pizza. I, dude, who doesn't love cold pizza? And, and honestly, know? even just being in the car is a bad, bad choice. For sure. And so what do you think, Eric? I mean, we got 25-year-old, um, two DUIs one night, not the brightest guy, has some tolerance. I'm thinking 12 loco. How about you? Yeah, I think it, I think at the height of his night, 12 loco seems appropriate. He was. I think he was coming Sucking down, but I think at the height, like you said, it's, it's a 12 loco guy. Yeah. And he actually might be a local drinker, to be honest. Oh, 25 year old. Yeah. And, and cooking pizza on his dash. He's definitely Mountain Dew, Locos. Well, so I would like to malt say. liquor. You know, like, so like, uh, let's just say 10 years ago, this kid got into drinking probably 15, 16 years old. And uh, that's like, I don't want to say that that's when the height of Loco was, but somewhere in that neighborhood is when kind of Loco uh, took, took over the agreed, scene. Agreed, agreed. You know, so. Uh, it's very, very possible that this individual is uh, um, fond of the the loco and uh, has has dabbled in it. He loves loco and he loves pizza. He loves Za. Ian's pizza and he loves four loco. All right, not sponsors. So twelve loco, <laughs> twelve loco. Gavel has sounded. So today we're here with Robin from Grumpy Troll. Um, Robin, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Not too great, bad. Great. Can, can you give us a little history about uh, Grumpy Troll? Yeah, so um, Grumpy Troll's been around for 20 years, and it's uh, set in a small town just outside of Madison, Wisconsin, that's known um, as the troll capital of the world, and so hence that's where the name comes from. Is that the uh, Mount Horeb area? Yeah, so yeah. it's about you know, 20 minutes just outside of Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, so I I remember taking my uh, my little guy through there, and, and I thought he was gonna really like the trolls. Turns out he's scared of trolls. So. <laughs> no, they're definitely your Norwegian folklore scary trolls. Scary trolls. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, is there any new brews that you recommend we gotta try out at uh, Grumpy Troll? Because we can't wait to make it there. We're we're really excited for COVID to be over. So. Well, and we're doing a one-time only release of a new beer called Kushli, and Kushli in Norwegian is the concept that we should embrace the outdoors and really live in Wisconsin winter, and it's actually an imperial stout that we've added some cherry to as well, Um, so it's warm and rich and inviting, and we're actually debuting that on Black Friday. Awesome. Oh, I cannot wait. Honestly, like yeah. as a Norwegian and Finnish resident of Wisconsin, I cannot wait to try that. Yeah. And yeah, we're really excited about it. And again, it's you know, we're only doing this just to kind of um say, you know, COVID sucks, but you know, we still wanna be social in some ways. So we have this great outdoor patio that we're opening up with fire pits and so you can actually still enjoy beer outside and, you know, come dress for the weather and 
and enjoy this one-time release that we'll never bring back again. And that's what I was going to say. You know, you can still do the outdoor patio thing, dress uh, uh, appropriately, and, and you'll have a, a couple of uh, fires going anyway. So, I mean, it's it's right. perfect. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't have a hatter mitten in Wisconsin? Right. You know, it's, it's not a big deal. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But, yeah, so that that's what our next question. Um, I know COVID's been really bizarre, but uh, we were going to ask, do you guys have any regular events that you recommend people come and check out? Um, so we have been fairly um, low-key about our uh, not doing events just to not try to spread issue, you know, issues and, and crowd the place. So we've really been focusing on, you know, um, we have grab and goes for people to come take where we've been bottling more of our beer and bombers than we normally do. So we have a larger selection in the bombers that we normally do. And then, um, hopefully we're going to get back to normal and do a first ever Oktoberfest out at the brewery this year in September, um, when we're on the other side of this. And we're, so we're focusing on that. Typically we would do like bingo on the weekend on the Wednesdays and, when uh, it gets cold, you know, giving people a reason to come out. But with capacity limits in Dane County at 25%, we really can't have that many people in the brewery at any one time right now. Yeah, I agree with that. And then um, I was going to ask too, Is so if you guys have like bombers and beers, can we still stop by and do a takeout and grab those? Yeah, so we have, we fill growlers like any brewery, but we also bottle our own bombers in-house. So we always have those available for pe- people to, to come grab and take. Awesome, Robin. And yeah, like like I said, we, we cannot wait to get back to Grumpy Troll. Yeah. And uh, maybe we can talk some beer with you, Robin, uh, next time we're up in the area. Yeah, make sure you give a shout out. Um, I will make sure I'm in the building and uh, and we can do a full tasting. We always have 12 beers on tap, so we always have a lot of diversity for people. From, awesome. You know, sours to IPAs to Imperial Stouts and Pilsner, so... Yeah, we'll definitely bring you some uh, Wisconsin Drunken History koozies yeah, too, just sure. just so you can have one as well. So lovely. All right, so before we let you go, we always ask our guests, um, "How Wisconsin are you?" And these are just like eight to ten questions randomly, um, things that people in Wisconsin do or have done. Yeah. Awesome. So the first one I have for you: Have you ever tailgated at a Brewers, Packers, or a Badgers game? Absolutely. Nice. Yep. Uh, you, Who hasn't? I, mean, I know it's. it's, it's I, such, I miss it so much. Yeah, I know. That's what we're talking about. You can go stand on the patio and drink our beer because you can stand at a Badger game and drink beer in the snow. It's not any different. Exactly. <laughs> you dress up and go to Lambeau Field for crying out loud. You might as well be able to stand right? outside. Right. <laughs> I, I. You know, it's funny because my little dumpy Webster hasn't had any use this year, which is just yeah. nuts. <laughs> so, Robin, have you ever milked a cow? I have. Have you done it by hand? Extra points. I have. That's the only way I've done it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Amazing. That's awesome. You get extra points for That's that one. That's very extra points for that Super one. Super cool. <laughs> nice. Have you ever participated in the jump around at Camp Randall? Oh, yes. Yeah, All right. I was there the inaugural season they did it. Too. No there you go. way. Nin- awesome. 1998. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Um. So I got the next one I ask. It's it's kind of controversial. Uh, what do you consider to be up north Wisconsin? Oh, so I am a full up past Manaqua Hayward. I'm a Hayward girl. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You're up there. Great. That's really yeah, up there. Yeah. yeah. That That is the true north, in my opinion. That's, That's right. Yeah. So. But I had yeah, my first. Black River Falls stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had my first experiences uh, of Rhinelander and Manaqua area this year, and I loved it. So. Oh yeah, it, that's it's such a, the whole even the whole topography and the trees change. And yep. Yeah, it smells different. All right, so the next question I got: Have you been to Summerfest, and do you have a memorable a memorable band that you saw there? Yeah, so uh, my favorite time I have ever had at Summerfest was Buckwheat Sadako out of New Orleans. Nice. And the band actually got down in the crowd and started dancing with us. I love Buckwheat. He's That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, they're definitely good. No, that dude it was is. The old Line and Kugel stage before they redid it. Yeah. Giant little tent and yeah, crazy time. Super cool. Yeah. So next question, I know I've done this, but have you ever hit a deer? Yes, I have. Yeah, venison sausage is probably my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You hit them, they're tenderized and ready to go. It's ready to rock and roll. Throw, <laughs> throw in the trunk and butcher her up. Yep. She's good to go. <laughs> All right. I've never done that. My grandfather <laughs> did, though. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever been to a supper club, and do you have a favorite? Yeah, Me too. So few of them left. Um, I think the five o'clock steakhouse in Milwaukee is my favorite one. Yeah, that's a great right one. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one. So I got a couple more questions for you. One is there a Grumpy Troll beer we can use to uh, make brats with, like to get a unique flavor? Yeah, so we usually use Eric the Red with our brats. It's a nice full-bodied red ale. Um, it's like our top two seller. Awesome. You know, you know, what's crazy is my co-host here, Eric, is named after him, and my son is named after Eric yeah, the Red. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we spelled him. Really have to have that yeah, we, we gave him the uh, the uh, Norwegian spelling, the which real, is the, the, the E-I-R-I-K. Yep, that's how we do it, too. Yep, that's how yeah. we, that's my I'm, little guy. I'm only the E-R-I-K, so I don't have the extra I there. Yeah, we'll give it a forget. Yeah, a little forgiveness here. So you know what? I I gotta ask you this one. Um, so have you ever had a true muddled old fashioned? Yes, we do a mod- We muddle them ourselves. We have an agar old fashioned. Agar is the name of our troll. So awesome. awesome. You have. That's the only way to do an old fashioned. Right? Oh yeah. East Coast stuff with just liquor and bitters. Yeah, I agree with <laughs> yeah. that for yeah. sure. I had one last night, so it was delicious. <laughs> They're nice. so good. All right, so we got one more question, Robin, before we let you go today. Um, besides Grumpy Troll, is there a brew pub, brewery, or anywhere you recommend people go and check out to get a good, fine beverage? Um, you know, we are a big fan of Stone Arch Brewery in um, Appleton. They're just, they're a great, uh, in an old mill, they do a lot of uh, great beers. And so if you're in that area, we highly recommend them. And tourist, Twisted Root up in Green Bay. Oh. They're doing some amazing stuff with beers. Both fantastic places. I know um, I love Twisted Root, and I've actually had quite a few of the uh, Stoned Arch because I guess they bottle, and I found a yeah. few of them, and they're just super amazing. They're really yeah. great. Yeah, it's definitely worth a stop. That's a great northern Wisconsin tour and um, some really great stuff coming out of those places. Awesome. Awesome, Robin. Thank you so much for taking your time on a Sunday to come on our right. show. I mean, it's it just such really enjoyable, guys. Yeah, thank you. I know it's like a P- Packers day, so you can't really miss that. So we really appreciate the time. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, thank we you. can't we can't wait to get up yep. there.
All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening, and remember as always, watch watch out for deer on your way home. home.